We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Welcome to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden, and I'm joined today by the one and only, not Fauci, but Fauci, Michael J. Fauci. Fauci, what's going on, brother? That is right, Alex. Always feels good to be podcast. I know the last one was in person, but hey, we're back to the huge in our, in our separate <laughs> states, but still excited to talk about this team because, woo, back to 500. Yeah, hopefully our audio is a little bit better now that we're back to our normal setup. That was a little bit rough on it was. our last episode. So the, the Daenery part was great, but the other part was, I don't know what happened there. But uh, anyway, it's really cool that we're uh, able to do this again. And the Pacers, Fachi, I mean, if you would have told me over this homestand of four games, they were going to win three of the four, I think I would have probably said, you got to be kidding me. Because the, the way everything worked out for this team, I mean – I'm not going to sit here and say they didn't deserve the wins because they did deserve them. They earned them. But they did catch some nice breaks. They did. And in this situation, let's be honest, no Pascal Siakam, no Fred Van Vliet. So, you know, the Raptors. Uh, fifth game in seven nights. They had just came yes. off of a back-to-back, too, in the OKC and traveled to Indiana. And we were home for, like, a whole week. We've been home since last Tuesday morning, basically. So the Pacers have been home for, like, I can't even – It's it's got to be over a week now, like 10 days, 11 days, something like that. It's kind of a crazy schedule. No, it, it really is. But at the same point, hey, we got to take what we can get. We've beaten some teams that have been a little bit depleted so far, but we can't control that. And right. at some point, it's going to be us that's going on a long <laughs> seven-game road trip out west. So at this point for now, hey, whatever we're going to do, whoever we're going to face, we're going to put our best foot forward and hopefully win. And so far, 6-6, six and six, Alex. I can't say I could have predicted it at any point. Well, based on our, you know, pre-season uh, predictions, 
it's uh, not looking very good for our win projections here, Fanchi. But with that being said, this Pacers team, they could be 10-6 and six they could. over the next couple of games. I mean, they've got Orlando twice, Charlotte, and Houston. So um, I think I said those backwards. I think Charlotte's our next game, then Houston, yes, then is. a doubleheader against Orlando here at, uh, at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, Charlotte's an interesting team. We've had good moments and bad moments against them. Houston, they've been not playing very good this season. Orlando's still a young team trying to find themselves. So all winnable games before that road trip. So, uh, But let's let's jump into Saturday's game, Flatchy, because this was one that looked ugly in the first half. You probably weren't sure what was going to happen with this Pacers team. But then all of a sudden, something switched in that second half. And I felt like the Pacers just kind of dominated from start to finish once the third quarter started. It's true. I mean, the Pacers were outscored by 15 points in the second quarter. I'm going to be honest. This was one that I didn't think we were coming back from, but they really did respond. Halliburton fought through a rough shooting night and and, and did pretty much everything else well. But there was guys like Halliburton, Matherin really struggling from the field. Um, But overall, they fought with it and and they were – Toronto's had our number. They really have. They're long, aggressive. I know they were a little bit depleted, but it's still a very athletic Toronto team. And the Pacers didn't do themselves any favors with 21 turnovers. But in the end, they really turned on the Jets, especially in that fourth quarter, outscoring the Raptors 36-14. to 14. Yeah, and this is where I think fatigue played a little bit of a part for the Toronto Raptors. And that's not discrediting the Pacers because I felt like that group that started out the fourth quarter – really kind of set the tone for what was going to happen. It was O'Shea Brissett, Isaiah Jackson, Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Mather, and I believe it was T.J. McConnell who was out there as well. And I remember some buddies of mine were texting me, and they're like, I hope we never see a lineup again of T.J. McConnell, Tyrese Halliburton, and O'Shea Brissett. And that was before the quarter even started. And then all of a sudden they go to it, and it just, like, starts working. And uh, I just replied back and said, Rick is playing chess, okay? <laughs> you know, is. this is a team that, you know, Toronto, they got a bunch of wings. They had no Fred yes. Van They really don't have a point guard outside of that. I guess Malachi Flynn's their backup point guard, but he wasn't even starting. It was like Scotty Barnes. It was uh, OG Ananobi who looked great. Thad Young was looking good. And, you know, Coloco was out there. I mean, they just have bigger guys. And, and that's kind of the thing with this team that made it difficult for some of our guys to get going early like a Benedict Matherin. It was just not a great matchup for him going up against a competitive defender like an OG Ananobi who can be more physical with him. Uh, when Scotty Barnes was on him a couple times, I think you could just kind of see how that size bothered Matherin overall. But he adjusted and, and had a great second half. But that's one of those things where we just were able to dominate in the fourth quarter and finally, you know, basically just took basic math. We're like, okay, we're going to shoot a bunch of threes and we're going to try to beat you in your zone because the Raptors were running this weird zone, Faji. And we just kind of broke down that zone. We broke down the man-to-man when they switched to that. And we were just unfortunate, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but unfortunately for the Raptors, we were able just to start knocking threes down. And that's what I think really helped this Pacers team get back into the into the game and give them the lead eventually. Big time. The Pacers outshot the Raptors with 19 made threes to Toronto's seven. That is going to be hard for anyone yeah. to overcome in the NBA, but also the defense. I mean, the Pacers hold the Raptors to 104, sub 40% shooting for Toronto. Overall, the Pacers shoot 50% from the field, 44% from three. I mean, those are really healthy numbers. They out-rebounded Toronto. Alex, one of the key stats, and this is this is something that people don't talk about enough, 33 assists. 
for the Pacers to mm. Toronto's 14. The ball yeah. movement was phenomenal. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton had 15 assists, leads the league in assists per game and total assists. It's just that's how you overcome a rough shooting night by being able to spread the ball and get your teammates involved. Tyrese Halliburton deserves all the attention he's getting around the league. This man is special and on any night elevates the Pacers. I thought one of the most impressive plays from Tyrese Halliburton was in the fourth quarter when he had the no-look pass to Isaiah Jackson, who was there on the baseline and got the easy dunk. It's just having a point guard that can see those type of reads on your team makes it a night and day difference for how this team goes. And one thing that you said, Fachi, Halliburton had 15 assists, and you mentioned it. The Raptors had 14. Halliburton himself had more assists than the entire Toronto Raptors roster. So that just goes to show you how dominant of a passer he is and how much of an elite passer that he is. It's just so fun to watch him play basketball. And yes, we did have a lot of turnovers, but I will say this. When the ball is in Tyrese Halliburton's hands, good things happen, and everyone knows that they're going to be found if they're open and that's what makes this team so much more fun to watch is because there's no oh Tyrese has to have the ball Tyrese is going to take 25 shots and have three assists you know no Tyrese is going to be looking for a shot at times but Tyrese is more worried about getting others involved and you know spreading the rock around which just helps this team get that chemistry and that confidence they need to continue to grow I mean look at this how many guys can go three of 14 from the field and to finish as a plus 26. Best that, plus minus on the team. I mean, that is just a rare, you know, stat line to be able to, you know, finish at 3 of 14 and you were a plus 26. Usually that's enough to, to bring a team down, not Tyrese <laughs> Halliburton. I, I love that the Pacers were able to survive a poor shooting night over there because that's something we haven't been able to say in previous years. And across, across the board, I mean, you, you talked about O'Shea before. Look, looking at a box score, it, it's not going to blow anyone away, but I thought this was the best O'Shea performance that we saw this year. He had eight points. Uh, you know, we talked about it when we were at the game together against the Nuggets. He hadn't made a two-pointer on the year yet. That was just on Wednesday. So yeah. good to see him get the ball going. Also, a few other performances that, that we can get into. I mean, Miles Turner, 19 and 10, two blocks. We're seeing consistency over there. Jalen Smith, a great bounce back performance, 16 and 5. I mean, that's a guy that there's been highs and lows, but he needed that type of performance. Buddy Heald, 22 and 8 boards. He hits all three of his shots in the fourth quarter. I mean, just across the board. I mean, you had Neesmith in double figures. Ijax, 10 points on 5 of 5 shooting. I mean, Matherin, you know, a rough start to the game, ends up finishing with 15 and 8. Overall, across the board, you're seeing a Pacers team that anyone can give you double-digit scoring any night. I love it. Yeah, it felt really balanced, and that's kind of what you were hoping for with this Pacers team, and that's how we know they're going to win. And we talked about it. When they shoot a poor percentage, that's when they're going to lose a lot of their games. I feel like they've been shooting the ball pretty well as of late, and that's what's really kind of helped them stay in games. And, and that's I think that's by design. You've got shooters really all over the place. I mean, your worst shooter is by far TJ McConnell. Yeah. And, you uh -huh. know, he's not always out there in, in, in closing minutes. you got Halliburton. you got Matherin. Uh, you got Nimhard, Heald, and Turner. That seems to be like their closing five as of late with Jalen Smith kind of watching from the bench. But all those guys can put the ball in the basket from deep. And, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure out how elite of a shooter 
uh, Andrew Nimhard can be, but we know that Buddy is lethal. Tyrese is lethal. Matherin has proven he can be lethal from out there. And so Miles Turner, I wouldn't say lethal, but Miles Turner is a very competent three-point shooter. Yes, very much. You talked about the game that he had. I mean, uh, it, it's one of those things where we're starting to see Miles Turner grow as yes, a player in, in just a short amount of time. And I think there's a lot of different factors that are going into it. But I just want to say over this homestand, Fachi, in these four games, yes, he had the breakout game where he had 37 points, but still over four games, averaging 21 and a half points, 10 rebounds, 2.8 blocks uh, over the last four games. So those are really good numbers from Turner. And we talked about this before the season. You laughed at me. I said, I think Turner's going to average a double-double this season. I truly believe it. Now, I said 16 and 10. I didn't say no 21 and 10. But I really thought there is a good opportunity for Turner. He's got nothing to lose at this point, right? I mean, that's where I'm at with Turner. There's no Sabonis in the way. He's got Tyrese Halliburton to play with him. Uh, He's playing for a a contract, right? He's, He's got everything right there in front of him to have a great year. So he's going out and doing it, and you have to give him credit for that. But at the same time, I don't think this is really a surprise to anybody that he is playing with more of a chip on his shoulder because at this point in his career, Fachi, this is the best opportunity for him to showcase why he's important. No doubt. Said it coming into the year, Turner should have a career year. The table is set for him to be able to succeed. I love it. I think this is everything that he could have possibly asked for, you know, at at this time when you're entering a contract year. But now we're seeing consistency. In the the first couple games of the year, there was highs, there was lows. The first game against Chicago, you know, first real regular season game since January for him, five points. Then he has 27 points. And then seven, it was and it was all over the place. Now, in the month of November, we saw four straight real good Miles Turner performances, and I love it. His confidence seems sky high, just exactly what we touched on uh, when we were in person when he was talking to some of the season ticket holders. A lot of confidence from Miles. I love what we're seeing right now, and, and I, I just think that right now he's starting to get some of that attention around the league. So that's kind of been awesome to see, and, and just overall – Man, the Pacers right now, they're just clicking with the schedules getting softer. The players are getting more confident. And Alex, you know I love a good stat. And I saw this one. I got to share it. It's not related to Miles, but it's related to Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton is currently averaging 20.5 points per game, 10.3 assists, and he's shooting 43% from three. He would be on pace to be the first player ever to average 20 and 10 assists and shoot 40% from three. We're out here making history right now. That's how special Tyrese Halliburton is. And the rest of the players, he's making them all better around him. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about it probably as it gets closer to February. But right now, he's on pace to be an all-star. I he mean, is. say what you want. I mean, we thought there might not be enough wins for this team. Now, look, I've had people sure. come up to me and say, this Pacers team is going to make the playoffs. Okay. I've had people say that to me recently, and I'm like, are we sure about that? I mean, it's been pretty circumstantial how they've won these games, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I just wonder if this is going to be like, you know, fans are starting to get vibes of like that 17-18 season. You you go in with pretty low expectations, yet you really like what Oladipo might bring to the table because he's an IU guy, he's a fun, young, athletic guard, no Paul George. What are we going to do? Obviously, Turner – was recently drafted, same with Sabonis. So you're thinking, okay, we've got some young pieces here. Let's just see what we got. And then all of a sudden, boom, they just clicked and they just started winning games. 
this Pacers team has similar vibes in terms of like how exciting they are to watch, how much fun they are to watch. People are buzzing about them like I haven't heard before. But I also just feel like it's too early to tell if this team is going to be a playoff team. I think we will get a better understanding of who this team is after the next 11 games. And that's the four that are going to be, like you said, easy winnable games. And then the seven game road trip, if they're like around 500 at that point, or, you know, maybe a game over or game under, then maybe we can start looking at that Vachi. But I just think at six and six, it's a little too early to say that. If you could smell a year, it does smell like 2017, 2018 right now. But here's the thing. Look, (laughs) I want to dial it back because remember how hot Cleveland was last year. Number three at one point, and they don't make the playoffs. So anything can happen. Teams could get out to hot starts. Um, But overall, at six and six, they've already surpassed my expectations uh, for this early season. But just like you mentioned, if we survive that road trip, that really is the big test. I know you talked about yeah. the Pacers could be 10-6 and six after these upcoming four games. Alex, there was a couple of games, especially the Nuggets game just last week, that they could have won as well. We've yeah. been in just about every game. That's all you can ask for. And when you're talking about people you know, mentioning this team's fun, I have not heard one person say oh man how could we rebuild or what are we doing we're too young everybody is like this is the most fun i've had in years and you could get behind the vision of the front office so i I think overall just hey my hat is tipped to the front office you're you're, you made these games very exciting we did not know what it would be like covering this team coming into this year we have not been through this when doing this podcast but man it's it's spiced up i'm having a blast Anything could happen at any point. It just feels like we've also maintained that flexibility moving forward to go in either direction. And I'll I'll say this too. One of the things that's really interesting about this Pacers team is how they were kind of talking about it before the season started. Tyrese was very open. We're going to be a young team. It's going to be a lot Mm -hmm. of learning experience. You know, I feel like Chad Buchanan said the same thing on the radio show. You know, it's going to be a young, exciting team, but we're really young, and they're younger than the Mad Ants, right? Like the Mad Ants overall roster, the average age for the Pacers is younger than the Mad Ants. So, like, when you're young, it's hard to win in the league. And I think that's kind of like the expectation that we had for this team. Like, they weren't, like, going all Jake Fisher, uh, 76ers built to lose, but they were built to develop. So, you know, we kind of joked about it before, like, during the offseason, like, oh, we're tanking this year for Wimbenyama. And I would say there's a difference between, like, flat-out tanking and flat-out development, and that's kind of what we're doing this season, in my opinion. It's not about, oh, let's lose as many games as possible to get the number one overall pick because, look, you only have, like, a 40% chance of actually landing the number one overall pick if you get a, you know, the worst record in the league. So you kind of hope maybe you're rewarded a little bit, kind of like a New Orleans or even a Memphis when they got John Zion. Maybe you think, oh, if we can be competitive, end up not having a great record by the end of the season, we get to see development. Maybe in the second half of the season, you'll see more Kendall Brown, maybe some Trevor and Queen. If trades are made, that kind of stuff. That is where I think we should just be looking at this team from the 6-6 six and six standpoint as, okay, maybe they've exceeded expectations a little bit, but let's see how they do. We still haven't played that many great teams in the NBA. We played some good, solid teams. The Nuggets, probably the best team we played so far. And we hung with them. So we'll have to see how they do up against the Milwaukee's, the Boston's, and that thing. But real quick before I throw this back over to you, 
We're currently eight in the Eastern Conference at six and six, and we're only four games back from the number one seed, the Milwaukee Bucks. However, on the flip side, the worst team in the Eastern Conference is the Detroit Pistons. They're three and 11. We are four games back from the worst spot, too. So we are right there in the middle. Okay. So depending on how things go, it's so early that we can't dictate what's going to happen. But that right there will kind of give you a little bit of understanding like, this thing could still go anyway, and that's why I'm not ready to commit to one side either. I think that's a fantastic point because after that seven-game road trip, you know, we might be in a totally different territory. But yeah. I, I got to be honest, though, there was a part of me that saw us in sixth just the other night and going, oh, my God, <laughs> we're in sixth. Wow. And it <laughs> Not looks even like, in the play-in. Exactly. Like, it looks like, you know, the top couple seeds, Milwaukee, Boston. Okay, sure, that's unobtainable. But there's a couple spots where it's like, wow, if the Pacers, you know, the ball bounces a couple different ways, especially in the Nuggets game, that Miles three-pointer goes in, go to overtime, whatever it is. Things could have been different. So either way, we're in such a good spot to be able to just let things play out, not have to worry about. The Pacers aren't hitting a panic button in any way. They don't need to make a deal too early. I think we're in a great spot where even the guys that are being rumored to be traded are playing very well. It's not like, oh, you got to get this guy out of town ASAP because what if he starts getting cold? It's like, nope, pretty much the whole team is playing really well. And that you got to imagine the league is taking notice and probably does think, hey, at some point this team could be sellers. But it's just a good spot to know that the Pacers could also hold on to some of these players if they want to. Or, you know, if things don't go the way we want them, then, you know, they could be answering the phone if someone's calling yeah, that's a great point because we never know what's going to happen, right? I think the only thing that makes sense right now to us, we don't know the future of Miles Turner. That is the biggest question mark. There's, you know, we had Scott Agnes on last week, and basically what he said is, as far as he knows, there's not been an actual offer or an extension given to Miles, okay? So not saying that they haven't had talks, and maybe they have. Maybe we just don't know about it. Maybe it's not just been reported. But as far as we know, we don't know what the Pacers' intentions are with Miles, but we do know that Isaiah Jackson has really looked good over this last, you know, 10 games or so. And maybe the Pacers are thinking, okay, we got a young guy in here that lets us play a little bit different. But, you know, like Rick said after the game on Saturday, you know, Isaiah provided the spark we needed, but Miles was our closer, right? That kind of thing. So overall, Flash, I just feel like looking at this team, we have really good players and we can kind of determine – who's a part of this team going forward and not going forward. But at the same time with miles, like this is one of those things where you want him to play great. If you want him to be extended, he's proving everything right now, why he should be extended. Right. He's proving, Hey, I can hold my own as the solo five with this style of play. If you're in the, in the boat, that's like, let's maximize his, you know, his trade value. He's getting it up higher than it's probably going to be, right? We know that he's an expiring contract, so that does put a little bit of a negative uh, connotation on a little bit just because, you know, he might not extend with your team at the end of the season. But I think at the same time, if you're looking at a playoff team that's really trying to make a deep run, Miles could be that missing piece. And so if the Pacers feel like he's not going to resign, then you take that offer and, and you make it work. So while I don't want to sit here and talk about Miles Turner trade ideas and stuff like that, I just think it's kind of interesting to keep an eye on because no matter what boat you're in, you want Miles to do well. If you just hate Miles for whatever reason you don't want him to do well, then you can't really be considering yourself a fan of the team. 
because at the end of the day, we want this team to do well no matter what, uh, just in terms of development, playing, growing. I mean, this locker room, this culture just feels so different than last season. It just felt after Bjorken was hired and everything that was coming out there, it just felt messy. It just felt like these guys weren't connected. You make the Halliburton trade and everything just seems to be totally different than it was. So that's why it's exciting to back this team. But overall, like you said, great points on these veterans playing well. And uh, I think we should bring up that Daniel Tice is going to have sur- had surgery. He's going to be out for a little bit longer. So that's probably why we haven't seen him. So the injury was something that was real, even though we weren't sure what was going on, but uh you want to take a quick break and then come back and, and talk about the players that have impressed us the most? Let's do it. All right. So when we come back, I put a tweet out today. I said, which Pacer so far has impressed you the most? And we got a lot of really interesting answers, but me and Fachi are going to give our answers right, uh, right after this break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, everybody, we are back, and we're going to be talking about which Pacer has impressed us the most this season through 12 games. Fachi, which player has it been for you? Man, I'm going to go with, you know, I would say the most obvious one would have to be Benedict Matherin because, look, we knew he was good. We did not know he was this good. He has already beyond, even if this guy went on such a cold streak, he's already exceeded my expectations. But for maybe one that maybe not everybody would have predicted – I got to tip my hat to Miles Turner. I, I think that Turner yeah. has absolutely responded. He has showed that this is who he thought he is and, and was. And I think right now we're seeing the career year that we thought maybe he could have, if not being better. I know you talked about earlier in the episode, predicting him to be a double-double guy. 
Look, he's at 18 and nearly uh, nine boards right now. He's still the best shot blocker in the world. But I think right now we're also just seeing a more confident Miles night in, Mm -hmm. night out that I got to say, in terms of impressed, he's been better than I thought he could be. Yeah, I mean, I I think Halliburton, like you, or not Halliburton, Matherin, excuse me, Matherin, as you said, is the obvious answer. Yes. Just because, like, I would say expectations for him are like, Good, but like nobody really knew what to expect, right? Yeah. We were all just like super excited, like let's see what he can do. And then he's dropping 18 points in a quarter, right? So that is just like, what in the world just happened? Like, who is this guy? Why did he fall all the way to pick six? Like, he's looked like the second best player in this draft behind Paulo Boncaro. And that's just kind of where we're at with it. But Turner's a great one as well. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of us pacer fans never expected miles to be as assertive as he's been this season and that is where i think it's it's made him look better and i and i will say this I, I think over the years yes sabonis was there but let's be honest miles could have asserted himself more but he did not he chose not to and i think there was times when he even pouted a little bit too much on the court because he didn't like the way he was being involved but you look at how this offense is being run now and it's almost like you're starting to see Jalen Smith is playing a similar role to what Miles used to play, kind of being that floor, you know, he used to spread the floor out that way, that kind of thing. So I don't want to sit here and bash Miles at all because he's not deserving of anything but flowers this season. But I will just say, I wish he would have had this mentality the last couple of years because I feel like those numbers could have gone up. He's just asserting himself more. We always see this with guys on contract year. He has a lot to prove. The Pacers slapped him in the face by giving DeAndre Ayton a max contract. I mean, you can say whatever you want. It, it probably hurt his feelings a little bit, and that's okay to say that. I mean, he's been a part of this franchise now. He's going into his eighth season. So kudos to him for playing as great as he is. But at the end of the day, Fachi, we still don't know if he's going to be here long term. That's what we were talking about a little bit before the break. So I agree with you, though. I think while I want to say Andrew Nimhart a little bit, I just feel like Andrew's been really good, but he hasn't had the same level of impact that Miles has had on this team so far. Great point. One, I thought you made a great point with the Jalen Smith playing the Miles Turner role previous years where some games you're like, what's going on with Jalen Smith? He's got like six points and five rebounds or he's got nine and and five or something like that. And so great point over there. Second, Nemhard has absolutely been better than we expected. It's just like he's almost been overshadowed by how good the young talent has been. It's like mm-hmm. sometimes Nemhart should get talked about more, but Matherin dropped 30. Halliburton's got <laughs> 20 and 15. You know, Ijax didn't miss, and Turner's having, a, you know, a, a 20 and 10 game. It's like that's how awesome this Pacers team has been. But Nemhart absolutely deserves that credit. And then next, another player. I mean, Buddy Heald's been really good this year. Lights He's out. Been, He's been like, and we knew he was good, but we knew there's like good buddy, bad buddy. Like there really hasn't been bad buddy this year. Like he's just been, you know, consistently like a sniper from three point land. And I I think that more times than not, he's hit big shots instead of maybe doing a little bit too much. So I think we got to give that shout out to Buddy Heald, who I quietly, right now is having a career year we're talking about a guy averaging 19 points on 47 percent shooting on a winning team mm. and uh let's see alex what's your shooting from <laughs> winning three? team's about, a bit of a stretch yeah, it is but we're 500 <laughs> you know the, the kings have been in the gutter for a while 
but he's shooting 41% from three, which doesn't do it justice because Alex, he's attempting 10 threes per night and he's shooting 41% on 10 attempts. That yeah. is crazy. Yeah, so I just did this because I feel like the first couple of games of the season, I felt like he struggled a little bit. He like, did, he did. That's that's when I felt like no miles, and that's kind of when he struggled. But, like, after that Bulls game is when he really kind of broke free in that second half. So I just looked it up. Over the last eight games, he's averaging 21.6 points, 5.4 rebounds, and 3.3 assists. Uh, and that is going back to the Chicago game. So I'm trying to be fair here and give it give him the credit he deserves. But, yeah, you're talking about percentages here, Fachi. 49% from the field, 42.5% from three, and he's shooting 83.3% from the free throw line. So he has been lights out. He has been the leading scorer for this team on a couple of different nights, just continues to be that steady offensive threat that this Pacers team needs. And when he gets going, I mean, it's hard to stop him. And that's what you love about Buddy in this free-flowing offense. You know, if he's got it going, Tyrese is going to find him. So, you know, I've heard people say, we can't trade Buddy Heald. We've had that conversation before. I've really enjoyed the Buddy experience. I understand there's kind of a log gym there at that position. But, you know, so far, consistently, I think you have to say Buddy's probably been the best consistently at that position. I think he has. And, and it's just, I know a lot of people now on Twitter are like, we, we got to keep Buddy. But it's just like, he's fun to watch. He He's, he's producing. Overall, I think that that's someone you definitely got to give, you know, you got to give the thumbs up to overall. And, and I would just say next, a couple other players that have really impressed. I mean, uh, I, I mean, obviously Tyrese Halliburton is someone that we're, 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 we expected a lot from. Like, so, so, so people kind of push back because I put a poll out <laughs> after everybody replied because a lot of people were saying Nimhard, Matherin, Halliburton, Heald. That was, and Halliburton, why do I keep saying that? Turner and Heald. It was those four. Halliburton was mentioned a few different times. But it wasn't as much as most impressive, right? So I did a poll with Heald, Matherin, <laughs> Nimhart, and Turner. And Matherin's winning by a landslide, okay? Like 80% of the votes, 75% of the votes are right now. And second is like Nimhart, okay? I will just say this. People are mad I didn't put Halliburton in that poll. We all expected a jump from Halliburton being the face of the franchise on this Pacers team. He told us on the podcast he wanted to average 20 and 10. He's doing that. He's on the trajectory of being an all-star. He has been probably the most improved pacer of any of them. Yeah. But that wasn't the question. It was most impressive, okay? And I think we all kind of saw this happening from afar that Tyrese was probably going to have a massive jump this season. Yeah, th that's the thing. is like we knew he would take a jump, but we didn't know the jump would be this big. We're talking about a guy that could easily – be most improved player of the year. We got another guy who could be the sixth man of the year slash rookie of the year. I mean, the Pacers just, they got all this hardware <laughs> potential in their hands right and, now. And defensive well, player of the year for Miles, it, maybe. Hey, you never know. You never know. But, I mean, just overall, I remember when the beginning of the year, I was like, hot take, Benedict Mather makes the all-rookie first team. And it's like, at this point, it would be the biggest disappointment if he didn't. That's yeah, how far yeah. we've come so far. So overall, Halliburton, for sure. This guy is absolutely in the running to be an all-star. And then overall, I mean, look, there's there's other guys on the team that have, I don't, I don't want to say, like, impressed. Like, look, Isaiah Jackson at times has looked really good. I don't think he's had uh, the same amount of playing time as, as some other guys to be able to say, this guy took a massive leap. But yeah. 
I'd say we probably covered the guys that we thought have impressed. Uh, I think there's a couple guys that you might maybe desired a little bit more, like a a Jalen Smith or an Aaron E. Smith, but I think that we covered the guys that impressed, in my opinion. Was that a little bit of a Aaron it was, slander? It, like, Are you trying it, to get it, one in there? I, I wasn't trying to slip it in. It definitely came across that way. But Come on, dude. I, Just I, let the I, guy I, get back healthy, man. Why are you going to be like that? Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let me let me ask you this. As we kind of mentioned like five or six different players, right? So I guess just rank from like we'll, – we'll rank these six players. Halliburton, Matherin, Heald, Turner, Nimhart, and Isaiah Jackson. Rank those six in terms of most impressive for you. Starting at Matherin number one. I thought for, if he averaged 14 points, I thought that'd be an awesome rookie year for okay. him. Matherin number one, Halliburton number two, uh, Miles Turner number three, Buddy number four, and then uh, the other two were... were Nemhard and Ajax. Nemhard than Ajax, I'd say. Okay. So, I, so for me... I, I feel like, and this is not trying to be like sliding anybody. I think Matherin's clearly number one. Yes. Most impressive. I think Turner is number two for me. Okay. I think he's been that impressive throughout the games that he's played. Mm-hmm. Had one bad game in Brooklyn, but the other games he's been pretty good. Okay. I will say number three for me. Of course, I was at that Brooklyn game. You know, yeah, I mean. Hashtag Fachi curse. Yeah, right. It would have been cool to, out of all the games that he killed it. It's like I drew the bad one, but, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? Right. So I'll say Turner, too, for me. Three, I'm going to go Buddy Heald. I feel like okay. Buddy's just been so consistent and has really been a positive. I think over those eight games or whatever I told you, it's like a plus 20 or something like that. So mm-hmm. that is really impressive. For me, number four, I'm going to go Tyrese here just because – like I expected a big year from him. So I'm not like overly impressed by everything he's doing because I knew that it was in him. Like that, that's me is where like the word, like it's almost like most valuable player, right? It's like, we always over talk about like, who's the most valuable to their team. It's like, well, you know, Giannis is the best player, but Luca is probably more valuable to the Mavericks than Giannis is to the Bucks. Even though that's like a really hard debate. I'm just saying Halliburton's the MVP of the team so far. Halliburton's putting up crazy great numbers, but I didn't like, I'm not shocked by it, but I'll put him there at four. I'll put Ijax on number five over Nimhard. I mean, I just feel like Ijax has made massive leaps already this season that I did not see coming. I just felt like him – I feel like he was going to be a foul foul problem kind of guy early on still, but, like, he just gives the Pacers the ability to play such a different way where I think Nimhard is kind of playing more that Justin Holiday fifth starter role – He's surrounded by really good players. It's a little bit easier for him because he's just a chameleon. He can fit in with any group, but he's not like impacting the game to me anyway, as drastically as what Ajax does when he's out there. So I'll put him at six, but it's not a slide on anybody. It's just all these players have really impressed me throughout the regular season so far. I, I think the what was the difference between Nemhard and Ajax for me was that I knew Ijax was something special. I knew he, I knew he is. It's Fair. like, hey, you know what? We got to get this guy more playing time and see what we can do. Nemhard, I had low expectations. You and I spoke before the year. Hey, maybe the guy spent some time in the G League. Maybe there's some some days that there's some nights where he doesn't get on the court. And I know that happened game one of the regular season. He's been better than I anticipated by a good amount. So that's why I gave him the rank above. But Ijax, for sure, I mean, you look at it right now. The guy's playing 18 minutes a night. He's averaging, on paper, similar stats to last year, 8.6 points, 
5.4 rebounds, but he's shooting 61.5%. It's not telling the story of just how freakishly athletic he is, how hot, how much, you know, he makes the Pacers a lob threat team. And it just yeah. feels like he's truly just scratching the surface on what he can be. And also in the beginning of the year, struggled a little bit. Last few games, oh man, he has turned it on and he's showing everybody why he's special. I mean, let's let's look. Last game, five for five. Game before that, six of seven from the field. It's 17-10. It's 17-10 and 10 in 18 minutes. I mean, yeah. against Denver. Like that's efficient. I mean, that, he made DeAndre Jordan, you know, <laughs> he made him look like an old park car that's been sitting outside getting rusty. Okay. Like that's what he does. And I think. If you go back and just look at IJAX, pretty much since that Brooklyn game, when Miles set out after the back-to-back against Washington, that's where I've really noticed him taking that leap forward in terms of just growing as a player. And even in limited minutes, like exactly. it's it's just he just brings so much such a different dynamic to this team. I can't thoroughly explain it on a podcast just because you have to watch it to see it, but like he's bouncy, he's you know, not getting in a ton of foul trouble like he was in preseason. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he got in foul trouble against Denver. Go guy to come for like six minutes in the third. But like overall, he's avoiding foul trouble. Uh, he's just being disciplined. He's creating the most uh, opportunities for himself. And he's hitting jump shots now too, Patch. Uh, that I love to see, but also enables yeah. us to play faster. I mean, he could get True. up and down the court and you could you could throw that ball and there is a wide range where he can catch it and finish it. And in recent years, we just didn't have that. I mean, it took the whole eye test was it took watching Isaiah Jackson play for a couple of games to realize, oh, my God, we we had to have been one of the worst lob threat teams for like a decade. He joins a team now and all of a sudden it's like you could just toss that ball up there and it feels like he can flush it. Other people are flushing it. It just it adds a different element that we were lacking for so long. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read a couple of tweets here that uh, people put in just because I uh, I wanted to hear what people had to say. So this one comes from Andrew Roberts. He said, outside of the obvious ones, I've been super impressed with Isaiah Jackson. He's been better at defense and staying out of foul trouble and contributing on the offensive end. He made a couple jump shots the other night, so I'm loving the confidence. Albert said, Buddy Heald has been most impressive in my opinion. I think he has taken on a leadership role, and I feel like he is playing better because of it. Young Simba said, as good as Turner Tyrese have been, it has to be Matherin for me. I don't think anyone expected him to be a 20 points per game guy out of the gates. A couple more here real quick. Randall said, Halliburton has been the most impressive player, but Mathern has exceeded the most expectations. And Robert said, I would say Nimhard based on draft position and personally at the time wasn't a fan of the pick, but has totally proved me wrong. Second pick would be Ajax these last few games. So just, and I read those in a row, Fachi. Everyone has a different opinion because there's so many guys that have been impressive so far. It's true. I feel like uh, every time I think of Nemar, I think of that Shaq meme about Christian Wood where he says, like, I'm sorry, man, I just wasn't that familiar with your game. Like, because <laughs> it's just like he has been that much better than everybody thought because we really weren't that familiar. He wasn't one of those, like, college, you know, household names that they talked about during the draft of guys that slipped around too. like, oh, wow. I mean, what about this guy? Or we talked about there was guys at the back end of the first round that literally did close to nothing in college that got drafted above Andrew Nemhard. I, I can't even remember that guy's name that went to Milwaukee that was a, a five-star recruit that the Warriors took. Um, oh, Patrick Baldwin. Patrick Baldwin Jr., who had a horrendous 
freshman year went above Nemhard, who was a four-year starter on a team that went to the national championship. So it just showed that this guy was slow and steady, had control of an offense, and now his game is translating to the NBA arguably better than it was in college. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I think you can make the same case for Matherin. I mean, he's more of an NBA player than he was oh, a college yes. player. So, you know, we got ourselves some nice draft picks here, but I think it'd be really cool maybe after the road trip to do this exercise again and see who impressed us over that 11-game stretch uh, just to kind of see what happened there. But, Fachi, we got to wrap things up here, so let people know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook, Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok, Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Absolutely, Fachi. You can check us out on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash Setting the Pace of Pacers Podcast. Check us out on uh, Google. Just type in Setting the Pace YouTube. We should pop up there. And like Fachi said, if you're not already, make sure you check us out on TikTok and stuff like that. We're going to be putting more content up there as uh, as the season prolongs. But if you're excited for the way that Tyrese Halliburton's been playing and you think that he has a chance to be a first-time All-Star, then say these three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.